All right, what's going on, everybody? This is David Cobbs Jr., CEO of BCJ Enterprises. Welcome to the Far Above Average Podcast. You can follow me on social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, and Instagram at David Cobbs Jr. My website is www.davidcobbsjr.com. On my social media is David Cobbs Jr., BCJ Enterprises. This is the Far Above Average Show. You can go to my website and check out the books that I've written that are going to be releasing soon. Right now, this is August, so the books will be coming out in the near months. They are called The Official Handbook of Power and The Official Handbook of Charm, Persuasion, and Leadership. You can check out my blogs, the podcast show. You can also check out my infographics, and you can book me for motivational speaking um, events. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm located in the Tri-County area, so if you guys ever want to speak, Want me to speak for you publicly or give anybody motivation? It could be a church, a kids organization, a high school, anywhere. You just go to davidcobbsjr.com and you can book an engagement right then and there. This is my buddy Justin right here. He's he's with me right now. Um, hey, what's up, everybody? So my name is Justin, and I am a student as well as a sales professional at Fret Magic Music. You can see what I have going on on Instagram at Fret Magic Music. I perform and also sell guitars. So I'm also a student and I study psychology. So he's a student at UNCG. We both are. Now, we're going to dive in and talk about self-comparison. Now, self-comparison, I bet you, if you would take self-comparison out of your life, it would do away with so many problems and stress. And it's one of the it, self-comparison is so tricky because it's one of them things where you don't recognize that that's what's causing you problems. But in reality, it really is. It's one of those underlying issues. Um, this is what I tell people. And it straightens them out from self-comparison. I say this. Never tell a lie to cover yourself. The reason why is because when you think in those terms, you don't allow the opinions and the thoughts of other people to matter that much to you so that you have to step out of your character. So that's why I say never lie to cover yourself. Nobody's opinion should matter that much. And self-comparison is so tricky because if you look at it and you wonder why people buy a $35,000 car and they're making $35,000 a year, they just spent that their whole set, their whole car equals their salary. That's a problem. That's a serious problem. It's an extremely serious problem when people do stuff like that. And why do they do it? They know it's going to blow a hole in their pocket. They know it's not good for them. And like I told one of my friends, one of my friends said he wanted to buy a brand new Honda Accord. Now, he already had a good one. He already had a nice, good one. Um, it was like a 2011 model. It was great looking. And he said he wanted to buy the brand new. I was like, why would you do that? There's nothing wrong with your car. He's like, he said just to have it. It's like, yo, if you go and buy that brand new car, you are not going to feel good about yourself after you do it. It's going to be like if you get $10,000, but you had to kill somebody to do it. The $10,000 wouldn't even be worth it because you had to kill somebody to get. And every time you think about the money, you think about the person you had to kill just to get that money. And he was like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah. The only time he's going to be happy about that car 
is when somebody looks at it and says, oh, hey, man, that's a nice car. He's going to feel good for a little bit because he got validated. And then after that, he's going to go back to feeling bad. Yeah, that's right. Kind of image maintenance, something like that. Image maintenance. Image maintenance. Like advertising, like you said yesterday. Yes, yes. You have to advertise an image to other people so that you can validate yourself. A big part of that is an issue with with self-validation and possibly even feeling insecure. Insecurity is a, is a big deal. You know, we have to feel that we measure up to other people and that maybe even surpass the norm or the average person. So we will go out and spend money like that. And it does not bring what we think it will bring. Those are temporary feelings of of happiness or validation that you get from somebody else, but it's going to cost you with anxiety because you just spent all of your security financially on that high ticket item. If something happened to that high ticket item, say you brush a curb or you pop a tire or a hailstorm comes and dents your car, that's going to be a bad day. Right. Yeah, Jay Z says if you can't buy it twice, you just can't afford it. There's a two. Okay, guys. So the audio literally just went out for some odd reason. The computer just went out, but we're back now. We were talking about self comparison. So back to the guy's car. Yes. When you compare yourself to people like that, and it's like when you ask him, why would you do that? And I guarantee you, if you know that buying a a car that's that expensive is bad for you and you know it's not good for you and you know you don't need it and you know it won't satisfy you. The only reason you're buying it is to look good for other people. Honestly. It's really just to look good for other people. Um, when you're comparing yourself to people, it's important like when you're trying to be successful that you really, really don't compare yourself to other people. Um, let's talk about, I'll give a perfect example. I was listening to this talk show and there was this girl who was 22 years old and she was feeling bad about herself because she didn't have a successful business and everything like that. And she was comparing herself to Kylie Jenner. Um, see, before you compare yourself to people, you really have to consider their background and where it is that they came from. OK, I'm going to go ahead and put this out here right now. I'm, this is not hate. This is not jealous. This is just the honest truth. That Kylie, the Jenner-Kardashian group of people, they're because they're associated with each other. Yes. The Kylie, the Jenner-Kardashian group, if you were to add up how many followers they have on social media, on all their platforms, and combine everybody's, it would probably be over a billion people following them. Yeah. That family has made so much. They have <laughs> attained an incredible amount of wealth. Kylie Jenner will never be a self-made anything. You know, and this girl was comparing herself to Kylie Jenner. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. You don't know. A lot of wealthy business people, not saying this is a bad thing, because personally, if I was a wealthy business person, this is what I would do. They have portfolios where they have 30, 40, 50, 60 businesses that they own or have partial ownership in because what they'll do is they will initiate a company 
and they will hire, they will pay and give out stakes and shares of the company to other people and get other people to run it. So like a wealthy person, what they'll do is they'll start what what some of them do is they will start a company and then they'll go pay other people who are like professionals and great at that sector of business and they will get them to run it and then the wealthy people they just continue to own the business and that's a smart thing to do and you should do that if you have the money to do it but the point i'm trying to make is don't go around comparing yourself to other people because you don't know their background like everybody in the, the jenner family that is a group of a-lister celebrity. The Jenners and Kardashians, those are all A-list celebrities with abundances of money to start off with. You gotta understand, Kylie, and I'm not ta- I'm not saying she didn't work hard. I'm not saying she's not smart. I'm not saying she's not good enough. But let's be honest. Let's be totally honest. That girl would not be a 21-year-old billionaire, and maybe not a billionaire at all, but we know for a fact she would not be a 21-year-old billionaire if she came from a regular (laughs) upper-class, middle-class, lower-class family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't be the case for her. And it's interesting the way these things play out because people tend to track up in a nonlinear fashion. So the Jenners and Kardashians, they are not going to track up with their success in a linear fashion because they start out with more than the average person, so to speak. And they're going to use that in ways that the average person just can't. They'll have access to things that the average person won't have access to because they have the, the resources that, that they have. And that's not, that's not necessarily saying that, oh, that's unfair or the world is unfair, but that's just reality that's the playing reality. itself out. That's that's just a reality. And and then because you have these people that that will link up, you know, the Jenners are gonna link up, Kardashians are gonna link up. And they have connections they've all got, over the world. They've got connections all over insane the world. Insane connections. Yes. Connections that we don't even know. They've got they've probably got insane connections that we don't even know about internationally. Right. Exactly. And they probably do. And 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 because they're going to leverage, they're going to leverage each other. Exactly, they're, they're going to help each, each other. other. Yeah, exactly. and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, see, people who have a lot of money will support their own family members like that. Now, there is one. I will give props to Kylie Jenner on one thing. I will give props to her on one thing. Most people, most kids who have super successful parents. I'm not talking about successful. I'm talking about like super successful, like (laughs) national, international known, like governors of states. No, not even that. I'm talking about like A-list successful. Their kids are usually never anywhere near successful as them. That's a rarity. Like, Like the Obama daughters, the Obama girls, Barack Obama's daughters, I'm not hating on them. I'm not saying anything bad about them. I'm just saying I seriously doubt that they will come anywhere near the success that their father has reached. Because it's so rare. Like, if you look at Michael Jordan's son, no one even really even knows his name. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ser- yeah. I'm serious. That's right. Like, anytime a, a parent is just off the chart, except I'm talking about a once in an entire lifetime. Like, there will never be, like, Elon Musk. <laughs> his kids will probably not top him. You and know? That's partially because, well, 
They don't have to. They don't have to. They're tied to some of his success to a level that they just, they're going to be okay. You know, they're going to be okay. And they know they're going to be okay. So they don't have to, they don't have to go through the psychological transformation to become a super hyperproductive type of person. You know, they don't have to undergo that type of psychological transformation that brings people to the point where they're driving, 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 driving. Now, they may get to that point by choice, but it's not by necessity. And a lot of people end up super successful by necessity, like we were talking about. Mm -hmm. A lot of, uh, what, millionaires end up, or they started out homeless and they worked themselves all the way to the top. And a lot of that's out of necessity. It's like if you're living on the street, you're going to start where you can start. And you got to do what you can do to get off the street. And then that process of getting back on your feet causes a psychological transformation that ends up making you hyper-driven. Yeah. And, and you just don't stop. You don't stop. And you keep reaching and reaching and reaching until you hit the stratosphere. And that's the thing. Guys, I think the reason why so many people are not successful, the biggest reason. You could name a list of reasons why most people aren't successful, but if you boil it down and wrap it up and get it down to the nitty gritty, the bottom line, the ultimate bottom line of why most people are not successful is because they are waiting for a moment. Mm -hmm. They're waiting for their bills to get paid or they're waiting for their confidence to get up or they're waiting to get, you know, six feet or they're waiting to get, (laughs) (laughs) they're they're, they're waiting to get a certain education. They're waiting to get something right. I'm waiting till I get this. I got to get this first and, Mm -hmm. and just keep on waiting. And guys, there's nothing wrong. Like if you have to wait, like for example, don't go put down, like, if you got $150,000 in debt, don't go start no company. <laughs> and the company's going to cost you $100,000. Don't dive yourself deeper in debt. Like, fix the debt you have. Then, yeah. after you fix that, then go and start the business. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with waiting as long as it's a legitimate wait. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, tell the story of that guy who's the rock star that started off. What's his name? Like, tell his story. Yeah, so this is Eddie Van Halen, and a lot of us are probably familiar with Eddie Van Halen, some of his music. He was oh, popular. yeah, I know Van Halen. I didn't know his yeah. first name was Eddie, but I always yeah. knew Van Halen. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so Van Halen, world superstar. How did he get started with what he did? His sound was different. This, was, this, is, this is a musician who was not satisfied with what the industry was producing. And he was a musician who was not satisfied with the tools that musicians had to work with. So the guitar that Eddie started playing, I think it was a Stratocaster or no, it was a Gibson. He he had ties with the Gibson company and he started playing their guitars and they were good, but they weren't good enough for Eddie Van Halen. He wanted to improve them. And so he ended up trial and error, winding his own pickups for the guitar, and he ended up generating a very iconic sound with his instrument. And a lot of that was because he did not have the tools he needed or could have used to get the sound he wanted. So he learned technique, and his technique was phenomenal. So whenever he created the tools that he needed, 
his sound was just absolutely insane and everybody fell in love with it. But because nobody knows this guy and because there's not a market for him, he had to start where he could start. And that was in his neighborhood. Exactly. That was in his own neighborhood. And his advice to musicians, and really this generalizes to anybody who wants to start something like, you know, maybe a business or whatever. He says, get your product in front of people. Make posters, make flashcards, make flyers, advertise yourself, talk to people, network, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to whoever they know. Eddie Van Halen played at barbecues. He played at backyards. He played at like small parties and stuff like that. That was his audience that he could start with. And then it just ramped up from there. And he took off. And look at him now. And so and now the name yeah. Van Halen. Yeah. Just, just a household name. name. I know. Like yeah. if you were to say, have you ever heard of Van Halen? I don't know. It's like, I don't even know what he does, but I've heard of Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's a, it's a household name. And that's the thing about, and that's the thing about Eddie Van Halen, like, guys, like, you have to take down the social boundaries and these inhibitors that are just completely made up and no one actually has to follow. If you want to start a stock marketing company, there is literally nothing wrong with going to a local bank and just asking the per asking the clerk or the person who works there, hey, do you know anything about stocks? Do you know anybody <laughs> who can help me? That's how you find out information. You just yeah. seek and you will find. Yeah. Listen, if you was to go outside, test me, I dare you. Go to a restaurant and just tell people, hey, I'm hungry. Do you mind paying for my food? It might take you a while, but eventually somebody is going to pay for your food. Eventually. And when it comes to success, it's not even about who you know. It's about who knows you. It's about who knows you. Not even about who you know. All you have to do is, like he said, get your product out. What you do is you have to insert yourself into bubbles of people into different groups, different groups. Just put your name in different groups. Like Eddie, what he did, go to a neighborhood, go to a barbecue. Actually, as a matter of fact, that man would set, he would make his own barbecue he just would, so people could hear his music. He would make his own events. He would make just his so own events, hang out, hand out flyers for them. He made his own little flyers. He, what, he probably wrote a marker on a paper or something and handed them out to people. And just handed him out his thing. Yeah. And that's how he started. Yeah. Started from the bottom. That's exactly right. how he did it. And it was fortunate for him. You and, know what I mean? And he says, I don't see why that method can't work today. And he's saying this in, in our, you know, modern, modern day today. So it's a strategy, time tested, and, and it works. So, uh, but one thing to keep in mind is, you know, you've got to force yourself into these bubbles of people. You've got to force yourself into these networks. And that's, that's not necessarily easy. And you're going to get rejected by a lot of people. Oh, Chances are my you're, you're, goodness. Yeah. Guys, let me tell y'all yeah. something about it. Oh, no, nothing happened to it. Okay, guys, let me tell y'all something about rejection. You are going to get... I, no, when I say this, I am serious. For every five people who want something to do with you, 
500 people that you reached out to didn't. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with you. You know, that's not a literal number. That's just an expression. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, rejection is real and jealousy is real. Guys, let me tell you something about jealousy. Don't let nobody fool you. Human beings are very easily threatened. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. If somebody, let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, how good somebody's doing. Let's say they're doing good at a 10 level. And you're at the 3 level, <laughs> but you just moved up to a 6. When you tell them, what you just did that was good, they will be stricken with anxiety and their head will start <laughs> spinning because that means that you are now a threat to them. See, yeah. let me tell you guys something about jealousy. Almost nobody will be overtly jealous towards you. They will be covertly jealous. That's why I, I, I coined the term covert jealousy. Now, overt means open. So when someone is overtly anything, that means they're openly something. Covertly means cover up. So when you think covertly, think cover. You can't say covertly without saying cover. So it's covering up. People will be covertly jealous of you. Like, for example, this is what covert jealousy looks like. You ain't got to overt jealousy is obvious. And most people ain't going to do that because yeah. they ain't because they know it's obvious because because they know it and they know it makes them look bad. Yes, it makes them look bad. So yeah. this is how people do. I'm going to give an example between me and Justin about covert jealousy. Let's say if my cousin is a rock star. And he has a guitar shop that makes seven figures a year. And Justin does something. He said, David, let me hey, let me talk to your cousin. Get me in contact with your cousin. And instead of giving him the contact or at least asking my cousin or figuring out if my cousin could help him or something like that, you know what I do? I just say, oh, no, nah, man, he's busy. See, no, 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 no. I'm telling y'all, don't make no mistake. Covert jealousy is real. That's jealousy. Anytime, I mean, because look, if my cousin is a millionaire selling guitars and this man wants to be a millionaire selling guitars and he asked me, David, can you please help me? Can you contact your cousin to see if he can talk to me or give me some tips or at, not even talk to me, just talk to you and you tell me what yeah. he says. Yeah. And I won't even... I, it's one thing if I try. I don't even try to contact him. I don't even. I just be like, no, nah, man, email. he's busy. Send an email or something. At least send an email. Yeah, or get one of his people to and, contact him. At you, least you know, do something that. like that. I just straight up don't even try. That is jealousy every time. And like I said, jealousy has no. Like I said, I have had people who are doing much better than me. Be jealous of me because I'm moving up. Because I am moving up. I am gradually getting better. Yeah. My career, my business is literally picking up. And they have gotten jealous of me because of that. Um, right. Another form of covert jealousy is this. When you do something that's real good, 
And then after you do something that's real good, people go like this. Oh, hey, man, that was real good what you did. But yada, yada, yada. And you should have done this. And you could have did that. Mm -hmm. And it was wrong of you to do this. And it was wrong of you to do that. Okay, see. Or, when they want to point out. Or here's what, here's what my, my best friend did. My best friend did this. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Trying to one-up what you did or minimize what you did. When they minimize yes. what you did. Now, it's different if somebody's like this. Hey, man, that was great. I really like this. I really look. I really like that. That was nice. But, hey, one thing I noticed you could work on is next time ease up on this, ease up on that. But nonetheless, you did great. See, that's not jealousy. But when people want to minimize or nitpick every little thing you did, <laughs> that is jealousy. Your own parents can be jealous of you. Yeah. Your grandparents. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm telling you, jealousy is real, and it has no, it has no shape, form, size, status. What jealousy is? Jealousy. Anybody will get jealous of you. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you right now. If you go and you just open up a business, now you could have a business in a little old shack. But the fact that you have a business, I guarantee 99% of people you know will be jealous just because you own something. Yes, that's true. That's true. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about the jealousy, especially from parents. Okay, that's actually interesting because that does happen. It does happen. Parents can be jealous of their children. Yeah. And that makes you wonder what the heck is going on there. I mean, they're your parents. Why are they jealous of you? I mean, you're you're a kid and you're just trying to do something, you know. It tells me two things. Two things are going on. One of them is that the biggest thing, I think, the parent may not have taken responsibility and may not have done what they should have done and what they knew that they should have done in their lifetime. Yeah. And so exactly and so is. they miss their opportunity. And they know that they miss their opportunity when they look at their kids doing something. Worst part is they could still do something. That's true. That's the worst And they part. don't. And and they they're upset. May they might be upset and possibly resentful of themselves because they aren't doing what they know they should be doing. And they're reminded of that every time they look at their son doing their, or daughter doing something that's that's meaningful, you know, that's that's big, that they're following their dreams and parent didn't follow their dreams and they know it. And and that's that's that burns, you know, it really it does. does burn. It does. Um, so the moral of that is basically don't wait for the right opportunity. Now it's not gonna come. No. Everybody's so, waiting, like I said, like the reason why some people aren't successful is because everybody's waiting for that moment where yeah. I gotta first do this or I first gotta do that and I first and like I understand there are some situations where that's okay. But here's the thing you know whether or not you can start right now. You know whether or not you're just being unconfident and making excuses, or you really genuinely can't start. Like for example, if you really can't start a business. Because you're working two full-time jobs and you have three kids to feed all at once and they're through school and have to help them with that. Okay, that is more, you might have to quit one job or something like that. But there are certain situations or maybe you've got that and then a parent's sick in the bed and then another relative is sick and you're taking care of them. Okay, I could see, and you're only getting four hours of sleep a night because and that's all you can do at best. Mm -hmm. 
that's different. But not and for most cases, that ain't the case. Right. Right. Like I tell, like the biggest advice I give people in college, I just a young dude just came. Well, a freshman just came and sat with me in the cafeteria. They just say, "Hey, what's up, man?" I just wanted to sit and talk with me. I don't even know him, and so well, I do now, but I didn't even know him. And so pretty much all he tells me, like I just tell him, "Dude, like how are you?" I'm telling you right now, start some type of business, start some sort of business, and he wanted to. He'd been wanting to, so it was great. He came and talked to me. But another way that, back to jealousy, another way that jealousy shows up is, let's say, for example, if you put up some pictures, like let's say if you get into a group chat and you put up some pictures of like screenshots and pictures of all the great accomplishments that you've done. And when you put that screenshot in the pit in the group, you put like two, three, four, five, six pictures. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes it. No one comments or nothing. <laughs> nothing. They just continue the conversation as if they don't see it. Yeah. See, the reason why they do that is because when you when when they face you, when they show you, when you, when when they're faced with your success and your progress, Judgment. it makes them look at their own. Yeah. And so for them to like for for their own lack of progress, it makes them look bad. So in order for you to in order for them, if they were to like your picture or come and tell you congratulations, it would only deepen their pain. Because look, if you want to pull up what's wrong with you, let some other people start doing better. Mm-hmm. And then you'll start being like, man, I feel like I ain't making no progress because most people <laughs> like yeah. and like that thing, that very thing actually happened to me. You know, most kids in college are literally confused, not that confident, don't know where their life is heading, aren't sure of it or anything like yeah. that. So when they get a guy who has it down packed, I ain't perfect, but I, I've, I've got myself. I've got myself put together pretty well when they see somebody like me it threatens them because they're facing what they're lacking yeah they're facing when they see me they face what they like so for them to like or comment on me because you know if somebody that you know well sends you pictures of great things that they're doing you know you're supposed to say something you know yeah. you're supposed you should, it's just common courage it's just like when someone opens the door you know you're supposed to say thank you it's just yeah. you think you're supposed to say yeah. thank you. It's just common courtesy. And um, as a matter of fact, one of my friends that just quit being friends with me, I didn't do nothing wrong to him, but they just had quit being friends with me. They saw me the other day and they they they, they must have seen the group chat post that I made. Cause as soon as I looked at them, they just <laughs> waved quick and looked the other way, you know, because it doesn't make it it don't make them look good, you know. If if you if you just quit being friends with somebody and the person hadn't hurt you, you know, and then then you turn around a couple months later and they're out here doing all these crazy things, that doesn't make you look good. It's just like it's just like if if you had a girlfriend and you broke up with her and she opened up a business and became a millionaire. Yeah. That doesn't make you look good, does no. it? It doesn't no, it make you look good. It, it makes you look you, it makes you look like you were a problem. Yeah. Even if you weren't. It yeah. just doesn't make you look good. Yeah. And it, it makes it look like you, well, you, you don't know how to pick the right women. And 
you were a problem for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So basically the bottom line is, yeah, don't wait for the right opportunity to come to follow your dreams or to do what you want to do. You really just have to step into it and do what you can do and start where you can start so that you don't become a 40, 50 year old person who's resentful and bitter about their kid's success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want that. You know, you don't want that. You don't, you don't want to do that. You want to be supportive of your kids and you want to have something to give your kids and you want to have a word of encouragement and advice to bring to your kids. But you can't offer that if you don't walk through the journey yourself. You can't ever offer that unless you take your journey. You, you have to step into your journey and you have to step through everything you got to step through to get where you need to go. And that's just it. And it's your responsibility. It, it's your responsibility to do that. And that's where you find your place. That's where you find your contentment at the end of your life, too. So. Yeah. Um, on to the next topic. I was talking to one of my other friends about this. And it's funny. T.D. Jake said this. T.D. Jake said that anytime I've been screwed over by people and I've been cheated out of deals and I've been lied to and people have stolen from me. <laughs> He said, anytime it's happened, they always wanted to pray before the meeting, before the deal. They always wanted to pray. The point we're trying to make is this, guys. Christians are people who believe in God. People are people and Christians are people who believe in God. The thing we have in the thing that Christians have in common is they are people. Do not go out here and think that just because somebody is Christian that they won't start rumors and lie, cheat, and steal and do what the heck ever. If you believe that just because somebody is a Christian or because they say they're a Christian, either one, because first of all, Christians, even if you look in the Bible, men, some of God's best men did did some terrible stuff. And even if you are, no matter what good Christian you are, everybody has their own problems. Everybody has a crutch, you know. And everybody has weak moments and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. I'm letting you know right now, anybody who's been in the church know that church people can be some of the most judging, envious, jealous yeah. people yep. ever. And the That's thing true. you got to be careful about them is, one thing I've noticed is that Christians will do, see, Christians are covert. A lot of, not. I'm not saying Christians in general, I'm talking about like crooked Christians who do wrong stuff. See, you got to be careful about them because don't think that they won't use the Lord to justify their wrongdoings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Don't mm-hmm. don't think they won't put God in it, you know. And they're going to be covert about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm in church and I'm a, I'm a so-called Christian, you know, I'm not supposed to do this, that, and the other. And they're going to, they're it's not. It doesn't mean they're not going to do it. They're just going to be covert about it. They're not going to be open about it because it'll make them look real bad. That's one. That's one thing I've noticed. So, point I'm trying to make is don't get stuck or or get into a bad situation. Because of this Christian stigma, especially when you're dating. Don't think that just because somebody's a Christian that they ain't got no weaknesses and no listen, Christians got weaknesses and wickedness. Okay? Yeah. Every every human being, and it don't you can follow God as hard as you want to, you can lock yourself in the church. You will have weakness and wickedness, and it will come out. Yeah, that's right. Either yeah. it, it will come out both in secret and in the open. It will. 
you're going to say and do some stuff you wish you didn't do. Yeah. I'm letting you know right that's now. Right. That's you right. are going to do it. It might surprise you. It might surprise you. It might you. surprise you. You're going to do it. That's You have to be aware and conscious of, of your ability to do horrific things. Mm-hmm. You know, every human, every human has that humanity in common. And that humanity means that you have the propensity to do horrific things. Exactly. And you have to always walk through life knowing that and dealing with yourself as somebody who can do a lot of serious damage. Exactly. See, so. because this is one thing my friend said. He was actually one of my Bible study leaders um, last year. He said, um, David, one of the, one of the, like we were talking about people cheating on each other in relationships. Mm-hmm. So what he was saying is this, David, the biggest, because this is what my friend does. My man is, a, he's married now, but this is what he does. And this is what everybody should do. He keeps his, we used to work out together all the time at the gym we was in college okay he got married last year when he graduated college there'll be beautiful women around and i look around see all these beautiful women and i would see him just walking in circles and staring up and down at the ceiling and looking at the floor (laughs) and like i literally he was avoiding looking at other women he was i could i i i tried i could never catch him looking at other women and he wouldn't do it because he wants to keep his yeah. eyes on his own wife. Yeah. Because he says, David, the first step to committing sin is thinking that you're immune to yes. it. Yes. That's the That's first. It. It's, the, it's the thinking that you can't do it. You will do it. You will yes, do you it. Will. It will surprise and you. And it will surprise the heck out of you. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't think that you can't do damage... You'll be the person that's doing damage all the time. Yes, you will be the very person who does, it. and then you'll be wondering how the heck. Oh no, it's it's still going. It just wait a minute. What is happening? Might just not be loading. Yeah, it might just not be loading, guys. We're having technical difficulties. <laughs> if you can hear this, yeah, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, this is uh, okay. This, it, this it, is the beauty of life. Wait, it, it just went from okay. Yeah. Now, now it's back. Now it's back. <laughs> we had tef- technical difficulties. If you couldn't hear us, um, this is live we don't know what just happened at its finest. This guys. is live broadcasting. Yeah. But either way, guys, um, like we were saying, my buddy he keeps his eyes on his own wife because he says that the first step to committing a bad act is thinking. That you are immune to it just because you haven't done it all your life or just because I'm going to just tell you right now. Don't you ever in your life say you wouldn't do something. If you were put under the right circumstances and the right amounts of pressure, you would kill, cheat, lie, steal, rape. You would do everything. If you were put in the right situation with the right frame of mind, with the right people around you, you would do anything. Yes, yes. And a piece of literature that really showcases that would be Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. That really outlines the situation that somebody could easily be in and conceivably commit murder and and everything that wraps into that that type of thing. So, yes, you can do some serious damage and you have to treat yourself as somebody that can do that. Because you will. And it will creep up slowly. And if you keep lying to yourself and, and saying, no, I can't do that. No, I'll never be able to do that. Be careful. You got to watch 
it will continue and it will grow if you're not looking at it and dealing with it. Yeah. Justin, you're really going to like this just to prove it. I forgot what the experiment was called, but pretty much what they had was they had a test subject in one room. They had an authority figure and they had the person who was running the shop. So what happened oh, yeah. is this. Oh, yeah. One guy, there'll be two rooms, two guys in one room and another guy in another. So let's let's enact it with me and Justin. Let's say that next door, my roommate is sitting in the room. And on this microphone we're speaking on right here, what I would do is I would ask him a series of questions. And anytime I got it wrong, I would shock my roommate. Yeah. Now, he wouldn't actually get shocked. All it would be was just, it wouldn't be a real shock. It would be a recording of someone screaming. And what would happen is Justin would sit beside me. He'd be like, David, he got the question wrong. Shock him. Yeah. Now, turn it up three extra volts. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, man, I don't really want to do that. It'll hurt him. David, turn it up three extra volts. You signed up for the experiment. You do what I say. Turn up the volts now and shock him. And then I do it. And what that experiment says is when you have authority over you, you will do things that you morally normally wouldn't do. That's right. That's right. And that, that's Stanley Milgram's experiment out of Yale University. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so the, people were shocked about that, guys. Yes, they, they were, were amazed. shocked because what well, I can't remember the percentage, but it was the vast majority were actually giving lethal shocks. Yeah, they were. Yes, lethal shocks. They were giving. Yes, they. Because and and what would happen is like like I said, let's say this real thing. I would ask a guy. So what year was the thirty first president born on? And then a recording of the guy's answer would come on. I mean, well, my friend would say the answer, and then a recording of a. And then my teacher would say the answer's wrong. It's this, that, and the other. David, turn it up five volts and shock him. But that could really hurt him. That's really dangerous. I said shock him and do it now. And so I would turn up the thing and shock him, and it would play a recording of the man getting shocked. And what it shows is that, like, like I said, so many people were giving people le lethal shocks, and they would never do that to somebody outside of. But, yeah. but the thing was, okay, so the the authoritative figure was dressed up as a doctor, mm -hmm. was dressed up as as a professional in the field, okay, mm -hmm. and so he kind of wore the image of professional of authority, things like that. Now he didn't even have to be firm with the people. No, okay, he he didn't even have to be firm. He would just say. The terms of the experiment require that you comply with the request. Mm -hmm. And that was basically it. You know, he just said, yeah, you have to do it. And yeah, that yeah, was, terms of the experiment I said, that was threatening and, enough. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And, and, they, and they obeyed. They all complied with him just about, just about everybody. And, and that's it. And that, and that, was, that was tied into uh, Germany and, and the situation that happened with the Holocaust. You know, you had all the prison guards doing basically the dirty work of Hitler and and committing these horrific things. And, and it makes you wonder, like, are these people just insane or is it that they're just people? And experiments like that show that it's just people. It's just people. And it's what m the majority of people will do under certain circumstances. 
And it's not and that, that wasn't even serious. Yeah, the dude wouldn't even put right. a gun to it. It wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like the dude had a gun to his head. No. the people could have. The people they could have. They had free walked. will. They, they had free will. No, they had the option to walk out. They, they could yeah. have walked out. It they, wasn't like they didn't have to. They didn't have to deliver the shot. They, they didn't, didn't have, have to. to. Nobody was was holding them to it, and they could have just got up and walked out of the room if mm-hmm. they wanted to. But see, that's the thing, and that's another thing that people are like. If you go to a grocery shop and you pick up these items and you're in line and it's five people behind you, not even five, it could just be, let's say there's just one person behind you and you find out that you got you got $60 in your pocket or just $60 on your card and no items cost 75 <laughs> you know what most people are going to do? They are going to overdraft. <laughs> They are going to overdraft their card, but they're not going to go walk out of line and let everybody see that they're broke. Well, you know, not that they're broke, but they don't have the money right at the moment because it makes them look broke and seem less than. Yeah. That's why people didn't want to get up because it made them seem like they were weak or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Well, part of it, I think, also is that they didn't attribute the act to themselves. Yeah. That that's what it that's was. True, it's, yeah. it's that they they did not take responsibility for themselves delivering the shock. They actually threw it off into the lap of the authority, authoritative figure. So they they basically said, and because they were asked, they were asked, okay, how were you able to justify delivering the shock, the lethal shock? And they said. Because we were told to, and so basically, this guy's responsible for it. Not but see, me. that's the thing. Yeah, and intellectually, that will let you off, but consciously, it will let no, you. That's going to linger. You're still guilty, and and so even back in in uh, the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, Adam ate ate the fruit, and God asked him, "Why'd you eat the fruit? You know, I told you not to do it." He said, "The woman you gave me gave it to me, and I ate because she gave it to me." And so we still do that. We mm-hmm. still do that. We're still going to find somebody or something to blame up, up, away from our own responsibility and our own uh, decisions, our conscious decisions, willful decisions. So, yeah, that's, that's what we are capable of doing and what we will do under the right circumstances. Yeah. So... But guys, this is the end of this podcast episode. I am David Cobbs Jr. This is Justin Barilla. You can guys can follow me, David Cobbs Jr., on all my social media platforms. That's my website name as well. The company is DCJ Enterprises. On the website, you can find my infographics, my blogs, my pod this this podcast show will be on there. All my podcasts will be on there. I upload podcasts at least once or twice every single week. I have books on there that are being released soon. It's August right now. They will come out soon. The Official Handbook of Charm, Persuasion and Leadership, and the Official Handbook of Power. You guys can go ahead and sign up for email notifications about those books. All right, guys. Talk to you later.